In this episode, we set sail to Gloucester, Massachusetts, a town swathed in hushed whispers of a maritime enigma. Nestled on Cape Anne's rocky shores, Gloucester lies in quiet repose, bracing itself for the seasonal burst of life brought by tourists. Winter has left the town in a quiet slumber, with empty houses and businesses operating on a skeletal clock. At any day now, like a switch flipped, the tourists will flood back, injecting the quaint seaside town with energy and liveliness. As we trace our steps down to Cressy Beach, the quiet hum of the ocean whispers ancient secrets. Here on the shoal of rocks beneath a majestic promontory, a significant part of Gloucester's history is etched. Frozen in time is a mural of the sea serpent, a curious creature depicted in loose coiling patterns on a large boulder that marks the end of the beach. A creature resembling the ampersand from the Dungeons and Dragons logo, with stubby legs, ferocious claws, and a jaw with a sharp red tongue that could perhaps taste the salt in the air. This is the artistic legacy of Robert Stevenson, a Gloucester native who painted this mesmerizing beast fresh out of high school back in 1955. This was before his army stint, before he embarked on his formal painting training. The Sea Serpent mural, much like Stevenson himself, has since become a cornerstone of the community, a silent observer of the town's history, and perhaps more popular than the mythical creature it represents. Now, what's fascinating is how this creature of the mural contrasts with the descriptions of the sea serpent sightings from that feverish summer of 1817. The long serpentine body coiled like maritime rigging and the dragon-like charm of our mural creature does not echo the accounts of the hunts rising out of the water back then. But isn't that the very essence of the stories we hold dear? Their metamorphosis over time only adds to their charm, building layers upon layers of intrigue and ambiguity. But the locals, they remain tight-lipped. Ask the docent at the Maritime Museum, and they'll dismiss it as a local legend. Inquire at the bookstores, and all roads lead to Wayne Sawini's book, The Gloucester Sea Serpent. It seems Gloucester is quite content to let the book do the talking. Today, we peel back the layers of this mystery wade through the ties of time, and dive deep into the heart of Gloucester's sea serpent tale. So, prepare yourself as we navigate the waves of history, myths, and facts, unearthing the story of the Gloucester sea serpent, a tale that is, without a doubt, extraordinary. As our story unfolds, it's necessary that we plunge into the past, into the lifeblood of Gloucester's history. Picture, if you will, the year 1638. Gloucester was but a fledging settlement, the fishing industry in its infancy, and the British colonial grasp was steadily tightening. It was a time of discovery, 
of adapting a new world filled with untouched wonders, where every corner had a mystery waiting to be unveiled. It was amidst this backdrop of exploration and survival that the first whispers of a sea serpent began to surface. While treading the edges of the great unknown, the settlers reported sightings of an unusual creature in the waters of Cape Anne, a creature that was unlike anything they had ever seen, with scales shimmering in the sunlight and a serpentine body that made ripples in the tranquil sea. And so, the tale of the Gloucester Sea Serpent was birthed. Flash forward nearly two centuries to the summer of 1817, a summer that would forever be etched in Gloucester's and all's. The seas were calm, the skies were clear. The town was buzzing with life as the fishermen prepared for another day of honest toil. The morning routine was shattered by a cacophony of startled cries ringing through the harbour. The sea serpent, a mythical creature of yesteryears, had resurfaced. Not one, not two, but numerous sightings painted a vivid picture. A creature, 60 to 70 feet in length, with a string of humps protruding from the water like an undulating, living, floating rope. This was no whisper in the wind, no myth spun by the fireside. This was as real as the salt in the air, as tangible as the nets cast by the fishermen. Gloucester had turned into an amphitheatre of frantic activity. People flocked to the harbour, eyes squinting against the sun, hoping to catch a glimpse of the fabled creature. The sightings of 1817 were not just observed by the common folk. Men of science, respected figures of society, swore by what they saw. The beast of the ocean wasn't a tale told to scare naughty children anymore. It was not a sailor's delusion born from isolation and the monotonous rocking of the waves. It was now a palpable presence, a part of Gloucester's shared reality. The town found itself caught in the grip of a creature that, whether real or a product of mass hysteria, had intertwined its destiny with Gloucester's own. As the orange hues of dawn danced on the waters, the fishermen set sail, their hearts echoing with hymns of the sea, their hands bearing the scars of their profession. But this morning would be unlike any other, etching a memory so stark in their minds that they would recount it until their dying days. Suddenly, the water's surface, typically a rhythmic dance of gentle waves, began to undulate unnaturally. As the foamy crests parted, a serpentine figure emerged, with its body glinting under the sun like a burnished silver. This was no ordinary sea creature. It was an apparition of legend. The sea serpent, in all its majestic terror. Witnesses recalled the creature in striking detail. Its head was as round as a barrel, and its neck, extending a dozen feet, seemed to pierce the air like a dragon of old. Its eyes, coal-black orbs, 
held a glimmer of the unfathomable depths it had risen from. Its body, as broad as a barrel and extending to a length of 60 feet or more, displaying a series of humps that rhythmically broke the surface of the water. The sight was enough to chill the bones and quicken the heart. A creature not of our world, yet very much within it. The air was electric. Spectators lined the shoreline. Their chatter a crescendo of gasps and whispers. Mothers clutched their children, their knuckles white, their breaths held. The creature moved with an eerie grace, its bulk belied by the fluidity of its motions. It dipped and rose, the water parting around it in a ballet of natural chaos. If you closed your eyes, you could almost hear the gasps of the onlookers, feel the chill of the sea spray, taste the salt in the air, and experience the visceral thrill that surged through the crowd. It was a shared moment of suspended reality, a slice of time etched deep within the collective psyche of Gloucester. Each time the serpent emerged, it wasn't merely a sighting, but a performance and each performance fueled the law, etching an indelible mark on the canvas of Gloucester's history. The story of the sea serpent had moved from the shadows of folklore into the glaring light of day. Gloucester was no longer just a quiet seaside town. It was a town that held a secret, a town caught in the steady gaze of the sea serpent. After the thrill of the sightings, there came a wave of curiosity, a thirst for understanding that stretched far beyond Gloucester's borders. Enter the New England Linnean Society, a group of scientifically curious minds eager to unravel this maritime enigma. The society was a beacon of enlightenment, named in honour of the famed Swedish botanist Carl Linnaeus. Their objective was to quench their thirst for knowledge and, in the process, seek the truth behind the legend. Upon hearing the tales and testimonies, the society members found themselves captivated. With an air of scientific excitement that electrified their ranks, they ventured to Gloucester, their hearts set on deciphering this mystery. They began their investigation in earnest a team of truth-seekers against the vast, unknown tapestry of the sea. The society members combed through Gloucester, seeking out eyewitnesses and gathering testimonies. Each recounted sighting was a piece of a larger puzzle, each narrative providing another clue. The society was meticulous, documenting the physical descriptions, charting the creature's movement patterns, capturing the palpable fear and the undeniable sense of wonder. Their endeavours reached a fever pitch when news spread of a juvenile serpent's supposed discovery. This was their holy grail, the key to understanding that which had captivated Gloucester. The specimen, small but bearing an undeniable resemblance to the Leviathan of the Deep, brought a new surge of excitement. 
The room where it was examined was alive with whispers of anticipation and the rustle of scientific fervor. The specimen, although not as formidable as the creature in the tales, held its own air of mystery. Its small serpent-like body, its beady eyes that held a shadow of the great depths it came from, they were tangible proof of the extraordinary. The creature's discovery opened up a whole new chapter in the story. It provided a possible connection to the truth behind the legend, a tangible link to the serpent's existence. This wasn't just legend anymore. It was a phenomenon under scientific scrutiny. The boundaries between folklore and fact slowly blurring. The society's investigations imbued the story with a new sense of reality. The town held its breath, awaiting the results, as the New England Linnean Society delved deeper into the mystery. Gloucester's secret was no longer its own, but a shared curiosity that stretched far beyond its seaside borders. However, the New England Linnean Society's investigation, despite the initial excitement, soon found itself tangled in a web of controversy and scepticism. The once promising juvenile specimen, believed to be the coveted key to the maritime enigma, was revealed to be far less extraordinary than initially perceived. Scientists drawn from the far corners of the country gathered in eager anticipation, waiting for the unveiling of this newfound species. Their eager whispers hushed as the specimen was presented, the small creature basking in the sudden spotlight. This was the moment the world had been waiting for, the reveal that could change everything we knew about marine biology. But as the specimen was examined, the anticipation in the room turned to disbelief, then to a profound disappointment. The creature that had stirred so much excitement was not a baby sea serpent. Instead, it was a common snake suffering from a debilitating disease known as rickets, a condition causing weakened, deformed bones. The revelation hit like a ton of bricks, shattering the society's credibility and leaving behind a wake of embarrassment. The fallout was swift and brutal. The society was ridiculed, its reputation tarnished. The collective disappointment of the community was palpable. Their dreams of uncovering a new species dashed. A sense of disillusionment washed over Gloucester. The sea serpent, their beloved enigma, their claim to fame, seemed to recede back into the realm of folklore, a legend without substance. But perhaps it was this controversy that kept the tale of the Gloucester sea serpent alive. The blunder, while embarrassing, became an intrinsic part of the serpent's narrative. The scandals stoked the embers of interest, kept people talking, kept the story in circulation. Even as the controversy raged, the allure of the sea serpent persisted. Every ripple in the water, every unexplained phenomenon was attributed to the elusive creature. For the townsfolk of Gloucester, their faith in the existence of their legendary sea serpent remained unshaken. 
In the end, the controversy served to highlight the boundary between science and folklore, the fine line between what we know and what we believe. It reminded us that sometimes the mystery is more captivating than the solution, that the allure of the unknown can be more potent than the reality. Despite the relentless waves of the Atlantic Ocean eroding the sandy coastline, the botched investigation did not manage to wash away the serpentine legend from the memory of the Gloucester people. Like an enduring beacon, the sea serpent's reputation remained unscathed by the ignominy suffered by the New England Lenian society. And yet, the Gloucester sea serpent had been largely overlooked by the wider world, its tale largely untold by the confines of the old Massachusetts town. Unlike its fellow cryptids, the elusive Bigfoot, with its massive footprints meandering through the dense forest of the Pacific Northwest, or the enigmatic Nessie, with her humps serenely navigating through the still waters of Loch Ness, the Gloucester Sea Serpent remains relatively obscured in the annals of legendary creatures. This curious disparity is puzzling, given the abundance of sightings documented in the early 19th century. The serpent, with its massive size, bizarre oscillating motion, and peculiar humps, should command more attention, more fascination. Yet, it remains an uncelebrated phantom, its legacy a more whispered tale than a global sensation. Perhaps it is the fallout of the misguided investigation that left the serpent swimming in murky waters. Or maybe it's the quiet humility of the Gloucester's townsfolk who, generation after generation, have cradled the story with their own community, relishing the local lore rather than thrusting their beloved serpent into the blinding limelight. Whatever the reasons, the Gloucester sea serpent remains a closely guarded secret. Its mystery held tight within the heart of the town. Perhaps there is a unique charm in this, in the knowledge that such a captivating enigma continues to stir wonder within a community that has held its tail close for over two centuries. And in this enduring mystery, in the hushed whispers and cautious glances towards the vast expanse of the sea, Gloucester finds an unspoken unity, a shared legacy. It's a bond with a deep blue that holds as much mystery as the sea serpent itself, an age-old tale waiting beneath the crest of each wave, ready to be told anew. The ocean, as vast and unending as it seems, remains an eternal riddle, a siren call to humanity's innate curiosity. Within its formidable depths, it cradles mysteries that have evoked a sense of awe and wonder since the dawn of civilization. The Gloucester Sea Serpent, whether a creature of flesh and bone or an enduring spectre of imagination, stands as an embodiment of this mystique. The serpent, with its oscillating dance upon the water's surface, seems to capture the capricious spirit of the ocean itself. Wild, untamed, and unfathomable. It tantalizes the minds of those who stand on Gloucester's shores, their gazes cast outward, hearts pounding in anticipation of the unknown. This fascination, this connection between man and the sea, 
and the unknown creatures it may harbour is etched deeply into the human psyche. And it is within this confluence of awe and apprehension, of reality and folklore, that stories like the Gloucester Sea Serpent come to life. These tales, no matter their veracity, seep into the cultural bedrock of places like Gloucester, spinning an intricate web of collective memory and shared experiences. They serve not only as an entertainment around fires on cool nights, or as bedtime stories to ignite the imagination of the young, but as vessels that carry the identities of spirit of the community across generations. Through the eyes of sceptics, these stories may merely seem like ripples of whimsical fiction on the surface of history. Yet, they hold the power to shape a town's identity, to leave an indelible mark on its cultural landscape. They blend into the silent bricks of old buildings, into the rusting leaves of the towering trees, and into the gentle lullaby of the ocean waves, becoming a silent testament to the town's unique narrative. So, regardless of whether the serpent that graces Gloucester's waters is an ancient unknown species, or simply an elaborate tale spun from the threads of imagination, it has earned its place in the annals of the town's history. It has become a symbol, a symbol of the town's enduring connection with the sea, its appetite for mystery, and its abiding love for a story well told. In the end, the Gloucester Sea Serpent serves as a poignant reminder that the magic of folklore lies not in its objective truth, but in its ability to conjure a sense of wonder, to bind a community, and to echo down the corridors of time, undying and everlasting. In the heart of Gloucester, amid the quaint storefronts and the lull of the ocean's ebb and flow, the legacy of the sea serpent lives on. Its image, enshrined in Robert Stevenson's grand mural, and carved into the fabric of local tales, is as vivid today as it was in those summers of fervent sightings. Recent years have not been devoid of whispers either, a shimmering silhouette beneath the waves here, an inexplicable wake there. The stories continue to proliferate, seeping into the bloodstream of Gloucester's daily life. Some dismiss them as nothing more than ripples of the past, Echoes of a time when the line between reality and mythology was as blurry as the horizon where the sky kisses the sea. Others, however, cling to these tales, their eyes gleaming with the tantalising possibility of a serpent's existence. A town's relationship with its history and the sea is like a waltz, elegant and seamless. They twirl in a dance where the past is not merely a ghost, but a partner leading and following in turns. The sea, with its rhythmic dance upon the shore, is a constant reminder of their shared history, a history coloured with the hues of mystery and wonder. In Gloucester, it's not hard to feel the palpable pulse of this history, this symbiotic relationship with the ocean and its clandestine denizen. As the sun dips beneath the horizon, and the night drapes itself over the town, one can almost hear the echoes of the past, the gasps of awe, the murmurs of disbelief, the hushed tales of the serpent carried on the evening breeze. 
as we conclude this journey through time and tide, the mystery of the Gloucester Sea Serpent remains undimmed. Its existence, much like the vast depths of the oceans it is said to inhabit, remains an enigma. But isn't that the allure of such tales? The thrill of not knowing, the enchantment of endless possibilities, and the silent invitation to delve into the extraordinary? So, as the gentle waves lap against Gloucester's shores and the ocean whispers untold stories to the stars, one can't help but gaze into the watery abyss and wonder, what secrets does it hold? Could the serpent, the town's spectral guardian, be gliding through the depths even now? In the end, the Gloucester Sea Serpent asks not for belief, but for curiosity for a willingness to embrace the unknown, the magical realm of possibilities that resides just beneath the surface. And as the line between the sea and sky blurs in the dying light, we leave you with this thought. What if? This story was written and narrated by me, James Deverell. Thank you for listening to this story. If you enjoyed my storytelling, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more Tales of High Strangeness. I started this podcast off the back of my YouTube channel by the same name, which formerly went by Mr. Sinister. You can check out my older stories, which are still available on that channel. For short-form content, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook via the handle at Tales of High Strangeness. For exclusive access to behind-the-scenes content plus more, check out my Patreon account. If you, or anyone else you know, has a story about anything related to high strangeness, please reach out to me with a brief description to stories at daredeverell.com. I don't need you to write the whole story, so you don't need to worry about being an English major. We'll be doing all the writing. You'll just need to be willing to jump on a call with me so we can have a chat and I can get the whole story. Thanks again for listening.